Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song I want more berries and that summer feeling It's so wonderful and warm Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't So my name is Zach. I'm the production manager here at the Seacoast Rep. And as always, I am joined by... Elise. I'm the company manager here. And this is our 18th episode. 18! Ooh, and we've had a few location changes while we've... In the process we of We have, yes. We've had some... Yeah, in the some, theater some... to up in the offices to now in a different office. Our sound tech has changed a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> but um, where are we today? Well, Zach, we're in my kitchen. <laughs> And um, well, it's a long story as to why, but we'll get into it maybe towards the end of the podcast, what's going on at the rep and like, yeah. uh, but we're, we're trying something different. We're seeing if we can go rogue and do this. Yeah. It's almost like we like, we packed up our equipment uh-huh. and we went out like on a journey out off into the wilderness, just the two of us together. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> 
Well, today's, as we do every Bump Grind and Rosé, we have a different vibe, a different theme for every episode. And this week's episode is all about camping. But like, a Oh, specific- let's be real, Zach. Come on. <laughs> Couldn't even say camping with like a straight face. You could have. You could have. You fully paused. <laughs> Specifically, um, a special kind of camping, glamping. Glamping! The kind where you get to bring your hair dryer. <laughs> and I, did um, you know there's a Wikipedia page? Actually, the word glamping is in the Oxford Dictionary. I kind of love that. Yeah. But glamping, according to Wikipedia, is a portmanteau of glamorous and camping mm-hmm, pushed mm-hmm. together. And it's a series of camping with amenities and, in some cases, resort style services that are not usually associated with traditional camping. Normally, you say like roughing it, right? Right. Glamping is yeah, the opposite it's, it's of roughing zero it. roughing it. Or it's like for me, like my kind of roughing it. <laughs> With, like, electricity and, like, an RV. Yeah, and you're not sleeping with, like, rocks grinding into your hip bones and stuff, yeah. And glamping has become particularly popular in 21st century. Tourists, luxury hotels, and, like, escape escapism things. They did a long thing about, like, the African safaris trip. Oh, yeah. American and European tourists can take and, like, spend a lot of money and, like see a lion but like you live in like but you would never run the risk of finding bugs in your shoes <laughs> like yeah exactly <laughs> oh, that's so, great. um so today's episode though we always pair it with some kind of beverage mm-hmm. item we have a really mm-hmm. good beverage that elise prepared for us i yeah i'm i keep uh keep saying this but i'm i'm very excited about this one and let me tell you after last week <laughs> it's nice to get back to something a little more familiar and comfortable should we like issue a formal apology <laughs> i certainly need to mostly to you because i talked over you for an hour and a half because i was it's funny because i didn't wild feel, like when we were recording it i didn't feel like that but afterwards like everyone was like <laughs> um, what even happened there? <laughs> Your train wreck co-host. <laughs> I think I didn't notice because of the absinthe. Like, I was... Well, right. I mean, we were literally drinking absinthe and champagne. Yeah. And that was And do you remember something we else. kept talking about how we wanted orange juice? And I remember back to the Uzo episode. That's what I, I had, Uzo and orange juice. Right. That's why I kept thinking it needed to be paired. With orange juice. Yeah. So yes. if you didn't listen to last week's episode, it's oh, a Oh, man. Wild ride. It's a real roller Go coaster. Go back and listen to that. Um, yes. Yeah, so this week, Zach and I are definitely partial to a nice margarita. Yeah. So we um, are obviously comfortable with the tequila family. We decided to get a little smoky, a la a glamping campfire um, by having a mezcal paloma. And that is um, mezcal is like a smokier adjacent to tequila. Yeah, I think it's at all mezcals are tequilas but not all tequilas are mezcals so yes. I guess like one of those yes puzzles. and um <laughs> and and so we're mixing it with some grapefruit juice and grapefruit soda with a torched grapefruit rind she came out here with a blowtorch I truly whipped Y'all? out the blow, blowtorch this is the benefits of recording in my yeah, kitchen yeah, is yeah. I have all of the tools think about the possibilities about where we could go bump grinding rosé could go on the road with this now we could absolutely we could show the people's houses and say you're recording with us today <laughs> you have no choice but to be our guest and we've brought a full arsenal of <laughs> equipment now. and cocktail making materials here oh, oh um, but yes this drink is delicious highly recommend um, the grapefruit truly cuts through any of the bite of the mezcal yeah. however there's this really really lovely smoky feel mm-hmm. um, and I just am really appreciating it it very much feels to me like the perfect combination of campfire 
fire and summer weather drinking. And if you haven't had mezcal before, it's basically liquid smoke uh-huh. with some mm-hmm. <laughs> grapefruit mm-hmm. flavoring around it. So it's really giving us that campfire, marshmallow, s'mores yeah, it's vibe. delicious. You know, around mm-hmm. our like very too expensive cabin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's the thing cool. is you, you can only really have like an ice bucket when you're glamping. Yeah. Like, so let's be real. Um, oh, and then I forgot to mention there's also a lovely um, sea salt and chili pepper rim. Oh. So we're getting all of the spicy and the sweet and the smoky and the and the cool and refreshing beverage. So we're living the dream here. And we have a musical playlist for you today of a mixture of some camping themed songs. <laughs> And songs that, like, you might listen to with your gay best friends <laughs> while you're glamping. Yes. Yes. There's definitely, um, I think, a divide of music. Yeah. Uh, the way we approach compiling our playlists for Bump, Grind, and Rosé, um, Zach and I have each done our own playlist, and then we've yeah. also gone in together on one. So this week is definitely, you can feel very much the divide between Zach's choice of music, which is, like, fun, youthful bop music and mine which is like nerd alert strictly <laughs> adhering to the theme I go out of my way to research and yeah. be a giant dork I about it so gay <laughs> camping playlist in Spotify at least searches like hardcore camping tunes yes. <laughs> music that references the outdoors and nature and camping <laughs> So we have a good mix of music for you today, and we're really excited about that as well. Um, so with that, we're going to take it to some more music. First off, you heard Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Perfect. My closest of pop beat, and then mm-hmm. also, like, you get a nice snack of watermelon at your campsite. So that's my closest to... And there are the no theme. ants or dirt anywhere near that no. slice of watermelon. <laughs> it was, like, just brought by, like, a chef out to the pool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm camping. It's wild. <laughs> Um, so we'll come back. We have some camping stories for you. We have some spooky campfire stories yes. later. And um, it's going to be a good one, y'all. So stick around. What was I trying to say? Buckle up. Buckle I don't up. know. Strap yourself into the RV and uh, head off to the campsite. So next up, we have one of Elise's choices that on my way here I listen to. has a nice like two-minute long vibraphone solo in the middle. So enjoy Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck. <laughs> i 
to Bone Grind and Rosé. We should have said at the top of this episode, with yeah. being in our new location, we're missing a very special, almost lately third guest to the show. That's true. It's very true. Yeah, we're without our babysitter today, and <laughs> that might explain perhaps the difference in sound quality right. you might be experiencing we at the moment. Some, <laughs> we were given a microphone by the lovely Mark Marshall, who's had a shout out on this podcast a lot. Yes. And um, we've been kind of left to our own devices. Yep. Two dum-dums and a laptop. And here we go. Although, just to speak to Zach's credit, he watched a bunch of YouTube videos. He's like totally rocking this. He's managing all the transitions and the muting and the switching and he's playing music <laughs> and he's doing all this stuff. And I'm sitting here uh, sitting on my hands. So <laughs> I, we tried. I'm like kind of like quasi technologically literate. Like Absolutely I, you are. Not, There's I've, a reason why you have been doing like lights and sound and all this other yeah. technical stuff. They trust you so much at the theater. I've just become like at my previous job I was always like quasi technical support for mm-hmm. like everyone in my office mm-hmm. and like you know I, I find it interesting but we do miss Andrew. Yeah. So this Yes is, we do. So, so shout out to Andrew. I don't know if he'll listen to this but you know. He'll just be too mad that he wasn't here for I it. I know. <laughs> but also it might be fun. He's been you know there for so many of them it might be interesting for him to listen to it from like yeah. of this side of things. So apologize if there's any technical audio weirdness you notice on your end. Listen, we're roughing it, you know? <laughs> it's camping. It's camping. <laughs> okay. We're out in the middle of the woods. We're, we luckily we have a generator powering our laptop, okay? This is difficult. I haven't showered in three days. Yeah. We watched the sunrise. It's great. <laughs> okay. So, Elise, we always do for this segment, we play a little game, do a little stories. But yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you have any, like, camping or glamping mems from your in your brain that you wanted to, your fave moments or... Um, I mean, like I used to go camping with my family when I was younger, but like not, not regularly. It wasn't like an often thing. Yeah. Um, but I do have this really wonderful memory. My summer after my senior year of high school, a whole group of my friends went up to the Kangamangas and like rafted on the Kangamangas and we camped out there. And that was like such a good time it's such a wonderful like warm sunshiny memory and i'm not in contact with like 99 percent of the people that were there mm-hmm. that's i mean that would be hard because <laughs> well whatever moving on <laughs> um, but um i still have those very fond memories of being able to go and do that mm-hmm. stuff and like rough it for a weekend and it's just you know it's like it's lovely to think about I went um, similarly, not so similarly. I, I've said on the podcast before that like I used to travel a lot for my old job, but I had a friend of mine brought me out to speak at Montana State University a couple of years ago. And she, the one who booked me was a friend of mine and she worked at the university and blah, blah, blah. But, like, as we're prepping for the trip, she had sent me a text like, Hey, Zach, I have a faculty member leading a dig for a Triceratops skull in this park in Montana. What? Do you want to camp at the dig site with me for a night? Like, and we can, like, see it and, like, whatever. Oh, my God, Zach. So, note to self, always go first when yeah. it comes to story recog- <laughs> r- memories because you are just and, a plethora. So I sent her a long text being like, Jill, this sounds amazing. I just need you to know that, like, most people don't think of me and think of camping in the same (laughs) sentence. Sounds like a lot of fun. You just need to be very clear with me. Like, what do I need to bring? Yeah, like, Like, very, very, very specific. Shoes. Like, I don't, like, the, the, I just don't, no idea. So, (laughs) 
Um, and actually, shout out to our friend Coachella Kate. Me and Kate are going on a gay hike tomorrow. <gasps> Fun! We're going up to the Flume Lodge, Flume Gorge, up north New Hampshire. It's like a waterfall. Little, oh, yeah. And you can like book a reservation now in this time of COVID. And like it's like a two-hour-long walk through the gorge. So we're going to go. And I'm not a hiker either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can walk. Yeah, and it's like steps and like paths. It's not like... yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, think you've got that. You've told me about how many like yeah. walking journeys you've done in Europe around the cities and stuff. You know, just we'll one okay, foot in front right? of another, right? So you know, maybe this episode will have uh, inspired a new camping, a new side of you. Yeah, I don't a, a I don't glamping think so. side. <laughs> maybe a glamping side, but that might be it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, did we, we didn't talk about the songs that we came out of, did we, right? That was Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck with the vibraphone solo. Yeah. That was a jabop, as well as The Night by Avicii, and that was a song that Elise also picked, might have been thought of as a my pick. Absolutely. That was definitely but, Elise pick. Yeah, I and thoroughly enjoyed that. What a bop it is. It's good, it's a good one. I was in my car listening to it on the way here, like, rocking out. Dang, this is a good song. <laughs> So, in my research for the episode, I found a lot of, like, um, I searched, like, camping games. A lot of, read a lot of lists of camping games. And there's a lot of games that, like, we couldn't play on the podcast, like, scavenger hunts or, like, Spin the bottle. spoons or <laughs> spin the bottle. <laughs> but a game I kept seeing that I thought would be fun was Two Truths and a Lie. Yeah. Like, a getting-to-know-each-other game. Got but, it. Like, I don't, I don't know, know anything about you, so this should be really... camping... With strangers. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you go camping like your family or, like, maybe extended family, but, like, who's, like... I don't know, like, groups of people. My sister used to go um, to this place, and she's going to yell at me because I don't remember where it was, but... (laughs) (laughs) um, With, like, huge groups of her friends, and they would all go together. So it's, like, young people, like, drinking and, like, putting coolers of beer in a pool noodle and pool noodle ring and floating down the river all together. And, like, that feels very much like that vibe, like going camping with friends, which I think is is a thing. So do you want to... So if you don't know the rule, two truths and a lie, you say three statements, (laughs) two of them are true and one is a lie, and the other person has to guess which one was the lie of the three statements. Oh, boy. Yeah? All right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to try to make them uh, outdoorsy, maybe specific, see if you believe anything that I've ever done outside. Um, so, I shouldn't have talked about the Triceratops skull. That would have been a good That would have been a great one, and I never would have believed it. Um, so, I've gone to a national park where you go through, like, icy caves in the middle of summer, like these caves that have, like, big ice, and you just walk through giant ice caves Mm -hmm. in the summer. Mm -hmm. That's one. That's statement one, okay. Two, I have always been a fan of... I've always wanted to do things like ride a four-wheeler or, like, do something butchier than I feel like it's in my capacity. (laughs) Okay. Or my last one being, um, I, it's hard because I should have written these down ahead of time. Um, so. I don't know if that would have been fair though, because I wouldn't have been prepared. So, you know, you can tough it out here. Um, or I actually am a huge fan of really hot weather. Number three. So I've been inside ice caves in the middle of summer. I really want to drive a four wheeler. 
and I'm a huge fan of hot weather. I think that the last one is a lie, primarily because we're sitting in my kitchen and not on my <laughs> patio right now because it's like 93 degrees outside. I should have. This was really bad. Everyone in the comments can in the uh, leave us a review about how awful I am at this game. But you are correct, Elise. <laughs> I actually do really want to ride a four-wheeler. When I went to um, the Triceratops place, it was Makoshika's State Park in Montana, and the this guy, like, Bob, who was, like, on the dig team, was, like, we had to, like, take an ATV from where we camped to the Triceratops digging place, mm-hmm. and he was just, like, get on. And I was, like, oh, okay. And I just, like, got on the back of this four-wheeler with this huge man. And then it wasn't just, like, a like a... 20 minute jaunt on flat ground it was like you know like, oh boom. hilly <laughs> yes, okay like yeah a, you like divots bounced and, a lot and like around a lot the woods and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was holding on for dear life and i wasn't like able to like you know hug him i was just like holding on to the back like oh no because lies. you can't you can't wrap your arms around another man especially in montana do i want to <laughs> die <laughs> right right, right. Trump's america over there good 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 yeah Okay. All right. So let's see. Um, Two truths and a lie. Um, I am an excellent water skier. Uh, My family has had a house on a lake or rented a house on a lake since I was very little. And I am very good at water skiing, which is... That was all the first one? That was all the first one. Okay. Um, I am also... Very proficient at cross-country skiing. Oh. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, I'm not a sportser. I've said that time and time again. So just, you know, <laughs> put those in your pocket. Um, and, oh, let's see here. What's the last one? Um, on the way back from the trip that I referenced with my friends after my senior year of high school, um, we, uh, a carload of girls adopted a kitten. Oh, is it like a lost kitten? Nope. Nope. We followed a sign that said <laughs> free kittens spray painted on a piece of plywood. Now, I know you ha- family has a lake house. I know that's true, but I don't know about the water skiing part of that being true. The um, cross-country skiing could be interesting. I don't know if I see that or not. I People don't... I took, like, skiing lessons in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So, like, Same. Maybe. Maybe I do believe it. And then the kitten. I think the kitten is too absurd. That has to be true. <laughs> the I think the that, other two I are, think, like, way too banal. <laughs> I think it's you're not a water skier. That is correct. <laughs> oh! You're very good. My mother is a really excellent water skier, though, and I've just, like, never really been able to Have you tried? do it competent. Yeah, yeah, but, like, not for years. Yeah. Um, but my mom, when she was young, I think she was in college, she taught, um, like, water sports and activities at a camp, um, and she, like, taught the kids how to sail and water mm. ski and swim and do all the things and so like I feel like I wouldn't be able to pull myself up like I was just like the boat would be dragging my face yes do like tubing sounds fun I've never done that I have done fun. that and that is a very good time yeah but I feel like water skiing would just be like I'm like sitting back and then like the boat pulls me and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> just a face plant smack into the water yeah oh it's a good time 
All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. It's a little segment. Yeah, we're going to come back. We have some spooky stories. I have two spooky stories, so they're going to be a little <gasps> bit longer. I'm over so there. excited. And Elise is going to pee because they're scary, actually scary ones. So. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to take it back to some more music. And this next one is one that I was skeptical of when I saw it on the playlist. Um, this <laughs> Oh, <one> no. <laughs> is an Elise choice. This is my strict adherence to the theme. I apologize in advance. And never in my life when Brandon James gave us a podcast radio show did I ever think of song about fish mm-hmm. would be on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a song called Too Drunk to Fish. <laughs> us last week during the episode. <laughs> so true. That was, that was the absinthe and champagne yes, episode. This is us actually. Yeah. So Oof. get ready to enjoy Too Drunk to Fish by Ray Stevens. So we drove to the lake with my brand new bass boat. I brought the fishing poles, the pork and beans, the saltine crackers, and the canned sardines. And Harold brought all the booze one man could tote. <laughs> While I loaded the boat and filled the tank and tried to get that motor to crank, Harold just sat there sipping on a long neck beer. While I was steering the boat and tying the plugs, he was drinking moonshine straight from the jug. He was singing melancholy baby when we left the pier. (laughs) Never go fishing with a man who has been drinking, cause things just might not work out like you wish. Hoping to land a trophy bass And Harold was having trouble trying to find the lake Laying there beside him at his feet Was an anchor line called up real neat Harold saw it white as a ghost and hollered Snake! Well, he jumped straight up and began to yell I said, sit down, Harold, and behave yourself Can't you see that ain't nothing but a piece of rope? <laughs> But he was scared to death, plump out of his mind, trying not to get bit by that anchor line. And he grabbed my shotgun, blew a hole in the bottom of the boat. <laughs> Harold! Never go fishing with a man who has been drinking. Cause things just might not work out like you wish. Just leave that fool at home. Drunk to fish is too drunk to swim, so I was dog paddling and dragging him, and finally made it to a little sandbar just big enough for two. <laughs> and it was way after dark when that helicopter came with that big searchlight calling our names. And Harold looked up this guy and said, "Lord, is that you?" And then he knelt there in that heavenly glow and said. down a raft and I paddled us home and he never touched a drop from that moment on. You know the Lord works in mysterious ways his miracles to perform. Never go fishing with a man who has been drinking cause things just might not work out like you wish. Just leave that fool at home to drink. 
Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rosé. Ah! <laughs> now it's a little spoopy time. Yay! We've glamped all day, and now it's glamping nighttime. Around the campfire, we have our s'mores. We have at least made us s'mores. During guys. the music break, I legitimately made s'mores. <laughs> and we have another Mezcal Paloma. Yep, yep. Danger, danger juice. And, you know, I found some nice spooky stories to share around the campfire. You oh, know? I'm so excited. So I, if you don't know me, I have a weird thing where I like, like, scary YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, especially not just scary, but they're always, like, narrating a spooky story that happens. So it's like a person talking and it's kind of like... Something about it is very, like, soothing, but it's also horrifying. You know what I mean? Yes. And so often, like, I like... Um, like a YouTube video or a TV show on in the background as I fall asleep with like my TV on sleep. So lately I've been listening to these like spooky stories. As While you're dead. falling asleep, I would never, I would die. And it's like, honestly, some I'll like be just about to fall asleep and they'll say something and my head turns around and I'm like, what in the heck is going on back there? So, so I have some of my favorite, two of mm. my favorites. And mm. I think we'll share both if, unless the segment goes on for 30 minutes and we'll just share one. But, I, the first one is called The Bag Lady. Oh, um, and both of these are apparently, allegedly true stories, but, you know, truly, who knows? Oh, the worst. They're okay. just from the internet. All right, I'm so. ready. I'm so ready for this. Okay. I might do my best, you know, spooky oh, yeah. narration boys. Get up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be talking. This is someone who wrote the story, so they're going to be saying I and I and I. It's not me. It's the okay. person. Yeah. This did not actually happen to you. Correct. Noted. I've always had an innate fear of the night. Not so much the dark, but the night itself. As a child, my imagination was overcome with stories of creatures that come alive at night and the safety offered by a house in light. I never had anything to base this fear on until a night when I decided to go to a buddy of mine to with with a buddy of mine to a baseball game. I got stuck at a light at 2 a.m. after dropping him off at home. Of course, that night, the game went into extra innings, and so I didn't get a chance to drop my friend off back home until well after 1 a.m. Everything was fine on the way home until I hit a light right before the street that led to my house. It was a T-junction, and I was turning left. The light is one of those that you think is broken until it finally turns green, right when you finally decide you're just going to run it. Of course, I pulled up right as this light turned red. I would have just run the light, seeing as no one was there and it was closing in on 2 a.m. on a school night. But earlier that week, I had heard the phrase, character is what you do when no one is looking. And for whatever reason, that was the night I decided to prove myself that I was a man of character. Big mistake. (laughs) I pulled to a stop at the light, feeling good about myself, bordering on self-righteous. When I happened to look out my window to the left and noticed a lady sitting all alone on a bus bench. Nope. We made a brief eye contact and I quickly looked away. It was too late. I could see movement out of my peripheral vision and I knew she was coming my way. (gasps) No. I looked out the window and noticed she was carrying a bag. I quickly checked that my doors were locked and all my windows were up. I then moved my right foot above the accelerator just in case and braced myself for what was to come. I was hoping it would be just an awkward exchange and I was praying for a quick light change before she reached me so I could just get out of there. I knew there was slim chance of that. She walked up right to my window, put down her bag and began to tap on my window. Oh my God. (laughs) I would die. I nervously looked up at her and she motioned for me to put my window down. Mm-mm. I had automatic windows, so just imagine pushing too hard on the window button and that thing just coming all the way down. So I took a deep breath and lightly flicked it down with my finger. 
The window moved microscopically down, but she did not seem to care or notice. She just leaned in and began to talk. She said, my boyfriend beat me up. I have a friend that lives down the street. Can you give me a ride? No. I should stop and give a brief physical description of the bag lady. She was a small, she was small and skinny and of indeterminate age. She was either in her mid-twenties and had lived a hard 20 plus years on the street, or she was 60-something who had just lived a moderately hard life on the street. (laughs) All that to say, just by looking at her, there was no way to verify her story. She looked beat up by life, not just by a boyfriend. But there was something about her delivery. It was robotic and seemed practiced and like she was disconnected from the moment that made my skin crawl. And after a brief, about a second debate on whether I should do it, I told her that I had to get home and I could not give her a ride. After my first refusal, she leaned down closer and said the same thing. My boyfriend beat me up. I have a friend who lives down the street. Can you give me a ride? This time I felt more confident when I declined to give her a ride and told her I had a curfew and I had to get home. She leaned in a third time and began her statement again. My boyfriend beat me up. At this point, the light changed. I slowly lifted my foot off the brake and started rolling forward, began muttering an apology. She didn't move. She just looked at the light, then looked down at me, leaned in closer and said five words that have haunted me ever since. You've made the right decision. She then picked up her bag and walked back towards the bench. I peeled out of the intersection and cried and screamed the whole way home. I have no idea what she'd planned to do or if there were people waiting to jump in my car from the bushes had I moved to let her in. But that encounter has haunted me ever since and has confirmed in my mind that nothing good happens after the dark. Oh my god. (laughs) You've made the right decision. That is... Like, my skin is crawling right now. <gasps> what? I've had... I drive home late. I live... Mm. For those that know me, I live like an hour away from the theater um, right. into New Hampshire. So I've had a lot of like very late night drives home of, you know, two, three, four in the morning mm-hmm. going home. And I've had a couple times in like Bow or Concord where I'm driving in the back roads and there's like a car pulled over on the side of the road. Nope, 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 And like nope. somebody... One time somebody outside their car like trying to wave me down <gasps> and I was like, whoop, like swerved yeah. around. Hell no. And I like was like, what if he's hurt? What if something? But I'm like, I've seen enough Law and Order to know like this is how I die. Seriously, like, and I've seen enough Supernatural to know that you do not stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so I that in that case I like drove down the road and like pulled over when that was far away and like called Bo police and was like, hey, like there was a car pulled over on the side of the road. I didn't stop, and I don't know if they need help, but like. It's three in the morning. I'm not getting out of the car. See, that's the way to do it. That is being a good citizen, a good Samaritan, while not putting your life in danger from murderers or ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) And I was thinking when I saw this one, I was like, Elise would be the person if, like, someone needed help. Like, her (laughs) Libra heart wants to help them so badly. No, see, absolutely. But I am also, like... A lady, not strong, yeah. like, no. <laughs> I'm all about being independent, but, like, I am not about to go pick up some poor soul on the side of the road. There's this YouTube channel that I found these from, like, animates these stories. So oh. there's, like, animated videos that go along with these two mm-hmm. stories. And it's creepy. It's I bet. Um, Just adding those visuals. Ooh. Do you want to do one more? Yeah. Okay, this one is called Creepy Craigslist Roommate. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I'm lucky in my life I've never had to have a truly random roommate. Like, mm-hmm. even in college, I, like, knew somebody or lived in a single or what. I had roommates mm-hmm. that were my friends, but yeah. never had truly a rando. Yes. Yes, agreed. Also, same. Thank oh. God. Okay. 
When I was 21, I transferred to college in San Francisco. I looked, I checked for a room for rent on Craigslist. It was a really nice two-bedroom apartment. It was cheap rent and close to campus, so it was the, the ideal spot. The girl who lived there was 29, and her name was Beth. She was tall and wide, and she had jet black hair and wore pale makeup. She seemed nice, although a little quiet. She, but she seemed like me and agreed to let me move in. So far, so good. My first night there, we went out to pizza, and that's when I could tell that something was a little bit off with her. Throughout dinner, she kept telling me how much I looked like Shia LaBeouf. I didn't know what to say, so I just shrugged it off with a thanks. I mean, I look nothing like Shia LaBeouf, so it didn't make any sense to me. When we got back home, she asked if I had seen her room yet. I said no, and she she took me to see it. Her walls were covered in posters of Shia LaBeouf. She had even printed out photos of him all over her mirror. She owned all of his movies. I didn't know what to make of it. It was creepy. The whole night she had been saying I look like him, and now it's obvious to me that she's obsessed with this guy. A few weeks passed. I never really saw her that much. We didn't spend any time together, really. She would come home from work and practically run to her room. She would spend the whole night in there. She had this creepy, high-pitched giggle. And I would hear her giggling through the walls all night. I wondered what the hell she could possibly be doing. Occasionally, she would come out and talk for like two minutes. She would always be slurring her words, so I suspected she was just drinking a lot. Sometimes she wouldn't say anything, but she would just stand in the hallway and watch me in the living room. I would turn and see her and be surprised and say, Hello, Beth. And then there would be this long, awkward pause, and she would give me her creepy, high-pitched giggle. It was uncomfortable being around her. She just gave me the chills. One night I woke up at 2 a.m. because I heard what sounded like the front door being unlocked. I came out of my bedroom and all the lights were off, but I could see Beth standing at the front door. She had her face against it and she was turning the lock back and forth over and over again. Every time she turned the bolt, she mumbled my name. Max Barker. Max Barker. Max Barker. Seeing her standing in the dark and mumbling my name really freaked me out. Yes. And it doesn't help that she kind of looks bigger, like a bigger version of the girl from The Ring. I just quietly went back to my room and tried to go back to sleep. One night, I was watching Gladiator, and she stumbled out of her room and turned on the living room light, forcing me to pause the movie, which was annoying. She then asked me if I wanted to hear about her ex-boyfriend. It was an uneasy segue into the topic, but I just said sure, and then awkwardly sat back to listen to her. Ten minutes into her story, she was so riled up. She was screaming at the top of her lungs about their breakup. I was worried about the neighbor. I was worried the neighbors were going to call the cops, and she wasn't listening to me when I was asking her to lower her volume. Amidst all this screaming, one thing she re- said really freaked me out. She was in such a fit and yelled, "I'll slit his fucking throat." <gasps> That was a big game changer. <laughs> See, suddenly I had no idea what this girl was capable of. She practically a stranger, and everything I had seen was becoming alarmingly disturbing. After a few more minutes, she told me thanks for listening, and she started doing her giggle. I got out of there pretty fast, went back to my room, and tried to go to sleep. I had a pretty unsettled feeling about being in the house with her, and what's worse is that there was no lock on my bedroom door. Oh, no. I decided to push the edge of my dresser in front of it to act as like a little barricade. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my dresser escaping against the floor. <gasps> Beth was pushing the door open from the outside. I turned on my light, shouted at her to stop, and I could see through the opening of the door she was so drunk and had this insane look in her eyes. I pushed the door closed and yelled at her to go to bed. I could hear her walk back to her room, but I just couldn't fall back asleep. The next morning I went out into the hallway and my heart dropped. I saw one of her steak knives was on the floor by my door. <gasps> I got goosebumps all over my arms. All I could think about was her saying that she would slit that guy's throat. 
I confronted her about it and she said she didn't remember trying to push my door open. She said she didn't even remember telling me about her ex. I had enough. My lease was month to month, so I found a new spot and moved out. About a month after I moved out, she contacted me. I was at the movies and my phone was off. When I got out, I turned my phone on and to my shock, I received 40 plus text messages that she had sent me over the past two hours. They were all just insane texts that ranged from everything from my how are you to I fucking hate you. It was insane. I didn't respond and I never heard from her again. I always wondered if I hadn't set my dresser in front of my door, would she have quietly come into the room and slit my throat? Freaks me out. Oh my god! That's so scary. Can you imagine? No, no, I cannot. And like, if this, like, I, you, in high, like, as outsiders, you kind of be like, oh, the first thing I would have just like moved, but like, you just moved into this place, you're right? Like, I know. See, that's yeah, that's like, my absolute first instinct is like, get out of there, like what? But sometimes you can't, you know? Yeah, and you just move. San Francisco's expensive. You're just like, right? Oof, oof, oof. So no, thank you. Hope everyone's feeling a little spooked. Mm-hmm. A little spooked about the people on the side of the road. As well as if you're a, you have a roommate, look at them a little funny. <laughs> yeah, just watch yourselves, everybody. Oh man. So with that, we're gonna take it back to some more music. We're approaching the um, this third half, you know, mm-hmm. third, 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 third quarter, third, third ending of our podcast today. <laughs> so next up, we have a, sh- a song called "Country House" by Blur.
Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rosé. That was Country House by Blur. It gives a little vibe of some... Mm-hmm. Restorative uh, country time. You know, big man in the city feeling like it's uh, too overwhelming. Goes out our, to his house in the country. We're on our um, rocking chair. Yeah. On our back porch. Drinking these our mezcal palomas. <laughs> I have a feeling this country house guy is not a Mezcal Paloma girl, you know? Yeah, probably. He's like a bourbon man. Maybe a mint julep. (laughs) So, Elise, we always like to look to the stars for this segment. Yes! For our podcast. And because of where we are today and our special thanks to to whom made this all possible. Our equipment manager, Mark Marshall. Equipment manager, (laughs) Elise's fiance. Yes. We are going to check our star compatibility with Mr. Marshall. Yeah. And have you have you done this with uh, you and Mark just as like fiancés before? I mean, like I've looked at it. Oh, but you don't know like what the stars say for you like right now, right? I mean, not at this exact moment, no. <laughs> no, not at like this exact moment. <laughs> not, not in at 4.08 p.m. Uh, when we're recording this, so... Um, okay, well, I guess I could say Mark is a, an Aries. Aries queen. Um, yes. His birthday is uh, March 21st or whenever Kate Dugas says it is. Um, <laughs> and He's an Aries sun Pisces moon. Sagittarius. Okay, excuse me. Capricorn rising. Capricorn rising, yeah. So he is a very, like, fiery exterior and then, like, a very sensitive boy interior. That is... The exact perfect package to describe Mark Marshall. Yeah, he gets so angry about stuff, but he's a squishy, gooey marshmallow boy inside. Love that. (laughs) Oh. So, do you want to? Maybe I'll start first because I'm not getting married to Mark. And yeah, that's probably fine. With like. Well, yeah, except that if it says, like, you guys should really not be together, no. oh, God, this is a danger zone. <laughs> Even if zone. it said it was challenging, like, it's clearly y'all have, like... Yeah, we got a lot of history. Yeah. So, Zach, you argue to exercise your mental muscles. Mark, on the other hand, starts things but has trouble finishing them. <laughs> Their brashness may be difficult to handle today. There isn't a person on the planet who has all the answers. Keep your shit talking to yourself oh don't get any fights guys Uh, mark and i are gonna throw down later (laughs) i really see that happening yeah um so my son is in pisces meaning i'm fundamentally dreamy insightful and in my own world i exist on a chaotic plane of the divine we've heard this a bunch of times yes many times Uh, mark's son is in aries meaning they are fundamentally assertive and persistent and courageous naturally competitive and fiercely independent they push things forward with energy and enthusiasm and persevere through anything they need to learn to understand other people as complex holes. Uh, familiar when we did our compatibility with Miss Andrea Lyons. Yes, they are both Aries. Aries. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's a little familiar. Yes. So um, this is almost going to be me and Andrea's com- compatibility similarly. You two are incredibly different, but we share a sense of emotional earnestness. They are likely to feel deeply understood by you and will be able to see through and I'll be able to see through their brash exterior into their highly sensitive core. Their explosive tendencies may be too brutal for your gentle sensibilities, and you fear of con- and my fear of conflict may frustrate them. Still, you have the capacity to share an intense bond related to your devotion for emotional discovery. Just be careful not to let them take advantage of your tendency to self-sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Today, we can't get into arguments, and we Mm -hmm. got to be sensitive boys. Yes. Well. (laughs) 
Inter- yeah, interesting. I don't really see you guys getting into any sort of like crazy what fights. If threw down right after this podcast. We're like done recording. I would be just like truly shocked. Ah! Truly, truly <laughs> shocked. Um, what about you, Libra sister? Okay, so it says, um, I am fearless when it comes to intimacy, and Mark takes control. Oh. Right now, it's like you're living out a fantasy together. Relationships oh. are allowed to feel easy too. Make them a playlist to listen to in the bath. Mark, we um, just made a playlist so you can listen to that one. <laughs> the glamping one? Yeah, your romantic you can, bath you playlist? Can listen, you can listen to the, the, ba- the glamping playlist in the bath. <laughs> um, okay, so it says about me and Mark. Um, so you just read your like your son compatibility, yeah, right? Just a little couple sentences. Okay. Later. So your son is in Libra, meaning you are fundamentally oriented towards fairness and justice. Your always generous relativism allows you to see both sides of every situation, although this may come off as indecisive or insecure. You don't get tied down to a single view of things. You frequently question yourself and rethink your views. You're more impressionable than you appear. You do what you say and can get a lot done typically well-dressed thank you co-star their son is in aries meaning they are fundamentally assertive and persistent and courageous oh this is all the same thing um oh so should i just read down okay you are sister signs meaning your signs are exactly opposite from each other in the zodiac opposites attract in astrology just like they do in physics you are very different but these differences complement each other you balance each other out perfectly which is great it's very sweet Thanks, that, Kosar, for and the Especially support. as a Libra, you're very concerned about balance. Yes, that is very true. Right. I can imagine you in a pairing of, like, uneven balance would be, like... Danger zone. Yeah. I've been in that before. So <laughs> there's a reason why those relationships have ended, and I am in one that balances. <laughs> my favorite... Can I say my favorite Mark Marshall story? Yes. Um, so this was during... Um, Christmas Carol? Okay. It was winter. I don't know if I could be getting that. Maybe it was ragtime, but it could be Christmas Carol. Um, well, he wasn't in ragtime. No, I know okay, he right. wasn't involved in whatever. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, this is outside the show. Okay. I was working on whatever, and I left the theater, and I was parking in Strawberry Bank. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yep. I got to the Strawberry Bank at, like, midnight, maybe a little after midnight, and I get in my car, and my battery is completely dead. Oh. I to the car, and it's like, click, click, click. The worst. And so I think I text you. To be like, oh, God, I like my car. I, like, have an insurance company that, like, has, like, a little AAA thing built into it. Yeah. So I, like, requested a battery thing from them. And it mm-hmm. was, they were taking forever. They kept calling me, like, we don't know when someone will get to you. It's midnight. Yeah, it's hard in the middle of the night. Right. And so it's just taking forever. And then I went back to the theater because it was freezing. Oh. And then they were like, oh. And then at least it's like, Mark will just, like, come and jump you. And yeah. I was like, are you sure it's midnight? I don't want him to, like, get up. And, like, <laughs> and she's like, he's on his way. I was like, okay, hold on. And then I, like, Printed back from the theater, <laughs> and like right as I walked in, Mark is like, "Where's your car?" <laughs> like he came and like jumped me, and then I was like, "I'm so okay, thank you so much." Like uh, I thought I'm never gonna leave here. Yes, uh, you yes. You and Mark together are some of the like most like. Well, I think that's the thing. It's like I am 
constantly in that frame of mind of how can I help other people and I am so blessed to have a partner that fully supports that dream and ideal like he is 100% on the same page with me so when I say like I want to create a buffet for um, you know 40 people at the theater because they've had a long day and they've got you know two back to back shows or three back to back shows depending on the time of year um, he doesn't question it he just goes okay this is you know this is what we can do let's start brainstorming Let's it's not figure it out. To see Mark with the grill behind the theater. Yep, exactly. He is a very, <laughs> very good cook. That's the other thing. It's the compliment perfectly. Mark is the cook, and I am the baker, and we both oh. enjoy, you know, oh, each other's wife, baker. Exactly, each <laughs> other's <laughs> offerings there. <laughs> so he cooks, and I bake, and we both get really fat. <laughs> Well, shout out to yeah. Mark Marshall. What a hero. That's my man. Oh! <laughs> first ever, um, or second ever, we were talking with executive director Kathleen and Brian got married at the rep. Yeah. And we there's a joke that, like, between, like, their wedding anniversary and her birthday is, like, a big curse that it falls on the theater of, like, something bad happens around her birthday Yeah, so we got to figure out how to break it. so we were saying that. We realized it's not a birthday curse, but it's a wedding curse. <gasps> oh, no! And so we were all sitting there and talking, and we're like, so what are we saying? We need, like, a better wedding to like wash the curse out of the theater <laughs> yeah but what happens if it, it backfires and the second wedding curse? is also cursed that would be so awful <laughs> so we and maybe oh, we just we'll need have, to purge it a little bit yeah we need like a better wedding to uh, happen. okay well if anyone's getting married out there you know <laughs> This is like, I, I not live and breathe in that place. I'm not getting married in that place. Please don't make me get married at work. Thanks. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's take it to some more music. We have one more song for you, and then we'll just come back and say some goodbyes. Next up is Summer by Calvin Harris. When I met you in the summer, to my heartbeat sound, we fell in love. As the leaves turn brown And we could be together, baby As long as skies are blue You act so innocent now But you lied so soon When I met you in the summer
Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rosé. Hey. Whoa, at least we've made it. Can we you did believe? it. Not only is this 18 episodes, but this is the first one we, unsupervised. We did it all on our own without a babysitter. I'm so proud of you. Not that, Andrew, that you're more than our babysitter, Andrew. <laughs> you, you are definitely a cherished and valued member of this team, but like... <laughs> at least like you just supervise us. <laughs> Um, no, so, well, thank great. you for listening, yeah. whether you're listening live or listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, search Seacoast Rep Radio and you can find all of the shows that we do every week. Um, it's important to, I think we probably should say a little bit that uh, with the changing year of the year and with all that's happening, oh man, so much has shifted at the Seacoast Rep and has changed about our fall season. Yeah, we've so, pivot, pivoted, I don't know, five, six times at this point. We keep joking, it's just, planned like 82.9. Yeah, out of necessity, but honestly, you have to just keep yeah. adapting or you fail. And so. I think last week we had talked about a pos- the remounting of our previous year's show of hair. Mm-hmm. That has shifted because of just so many different factors, but we won't be presenting hair coming up in a couple of weeks, but rather we'll be presenting what we calling, jokingly calling our teeny tiny season. <laughs> A series of shows that we can't announce quite yet, but of shows that are going to be done in rep style, true rep style, where we'll have one show, we'll have one to three shows in each block, and they'll be alternating, flip-flopping each day what shows will be offered. So they're all a bunch of small cast shows. A lot of your favorite small cast shows are in our teeny tiny season, so... um, and some of them will be able to live stream as well as present to live audiences. So. Which is so key because I think a lot of people are still just a little nervous coming out. We've had a lot of really incredible feedback about our safety procedures yeah. at The Wrap. A lot of audience members that have felt just so at ease when they come in knowing all of the steps that we're taking and all of the things that we're doing in order to keep everyone safe. Not just our right. performers and our crew, but also our audience members as well because we don't want anyone to take any risks coming out to support us and see our theater so um i think it's just uh it's it's important mm-hmm. to really make sure that we're we're maintaining the tightest safety plan we can mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is part of doing those small shows is that we can rotate them out and no one is duplicating and mm-hmm. we're keeping everybody safe and isolated and any day now we'll be announcing what shows are in our season we'll have some i know definitely on the docket are some original plays by our new curator of the soul series Najee brown oh, and some of his amazing work so excited for this shown up at in the teeny tiny season as well as some <laughs> of our favorite musicals and different takes on those so stay tuned go to seacoastrep.org to learn more about what's happening in our season as well as our facebook page i think is where the easiest place you can find yeah all of our updates as they happen. Certainly the most updated aspect <laughs> of our, our front-facing, audience-facing uh, media there. And so leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you enjoy what you're listening to, tell your friends that these two nitwits have a show that you really like. And- if you survived last week and listened straight through <laughs> all of our episodes, bless you. Thank you so much. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends. We would love to have them. And... Do you have do we have anything else to plug? Follow us on Instagram. I'm at Zana yeah. and Elise, you are Elise Coco No No. Woo! If uh, our, the handles will be in the show notes for each of the shows. So <laughs> yeah. just copy and paste them. Go yeah. find us. Go find us. Follow, follow. Woo! And we have one last song for you. This is one of my faves. This is like I think I added it to the playlist as like the most 
fun one here. I don't think we've done this in a previous show, but this oh, is... Oh, yeah, no, this is a great one. Yeah. So this is a song, I Don't Feel Like Dancing, by the Scissor Sisters, who I saw live. They opened for Lady Gaga back when I was in high school. Wow. And um, they're just such an iconic group, and I'm like... That's oh. great. So this is I Don't Feel Like Dancing by the Scissor Sisters. With that, goodbye. Hope you had some fun glamping with us. <laughs> Thank week. you for being here. <laughs> ah! Bye.